0: All right, welcome into another edition of Designated for Assignments. Uh, Josh is here for another week. And uh, what a week it was, geez, for the uh, Blue Jays both on and off the field. And uh, we'll get to the on-field exploits. Uh, homestand 4-3, and three, uh, up and down, like the entire season, uh, obviously. We'll, we'll chat about that. But, uh, you know, the big story that uh, transcended... Sports. It was, you know, CNN was picking it up. It was everywhere. And and for good reason, Uh, Anthony Bass was designated for assignment on Friday by the Blue Jays and Mitch White was brought up and not remotely surprised, Um, you know, it probably should have happened uh, right away. But, you know, the Blue Jays gave Bass a chance to rectify the situation and, and try and learn from it. And, you know, he didn't. Uh, he obviously didn't. And his statement or question and answer with the media on Thursday, I think it was, was ridiculous. Like some of the stuff that was coming out of his mouth, um, you know, just indicated that he there was no contrition for, um, you know, what he did or what he propagated. He had no, I don't think had any remorse. He just was basically regretful that you know, he made his thoughts public, but he's not regretful of his actual thoughts. And, you know, that's unfortunate and it's awful. And, you know, it was, I think, the reason or the bigger reason that he was cut. But he, being not very good this year, I know he had been better as of late, but he had fallen to one of, if not the the least trusted um, relievers, probably above... Um, Adam Simber, but like he had an ERA of about five. He wasn't even striking out a batter per inning pitched. His whip was 1.4. Like performance wise, he wasn't getting it done either, which made it obviously easier for the Blue Jays. So like, I'm not going to relitigate it. I have no issue. Like it's basically a good riddance uh, situation to Anthony Bass. Like he's extremely replaceable. Like you bring Zach pop up here at some point, you're getting the same, if not better level of production. Um, than Anthony Bass. So, you know, we hardly knew ye. Good red ends. Don't let the let the door hit you uh in the ass on the way out to Anthony Bass. My my bigger thing um is the way that the Blue Jays handled this situation is a PR nightmare. It could not have been handled worse. Like I'm honestly shocked at how pathetic their display was, you know, from the get-go and talking about you know, Atkins saying that he felt as though that the Bass' apology and actions were sincere um, and that was the reason he was still on the team. And um, then 20 minutes later, Bass comes out and essentially contradicts uh, all of that and, and you know, essentially also doubles down on his initial thought and his, his, his I- ideology, I guess, and what he stands for. And then if you're the Blue Jays, it's just like, did you have not a remote clue that that was going to happen? Like, I just don't understand how things, you know, went so haywire for a, a franchise that I would usually think would be really, um, you know, prepared for that sort of thing. Uh, they weren't. And they looked terrible. And Ross Atkins looked terrible. And honestly, basically, anytime Ross Atkins opens his mouth, He doesn't look great. He's just not a good speaker, right? He doesn't command, um, you know, like a a lot of fascination or interest. He he gives a lot of non-answers. He spins you around, doesn't really say much, uses a lot of words, but it doesn't really accomplish all that much. And, you know, it was a really poor performance by him. And unfortunately, like he was put in not the most ideal of circumstances because it was like really him and Schneider that had to handle it. And especially Schneider at first, and he just was not, um, you know, up to the, to the challenge. And, you know, whether the PR staff didn't have the right list of, of talking points and didn't have, you know, everything ducks in a row and T's crossed and eyes dotted, whatever it was, it was just not a good display by the blue Jays at all. And like, I, you know, some fans, I think, are probably going to be um you know not interested in anything that the team has to say or or do for a while, considering the the way that this whole situation played out and I can't blame you um for that. it was really a poor performance uh on every level, and like I'm not gonna sit here and say Ross Atkins should be fired for the way that he handled it. But it's just a, another layer in what has increasingly become like the ice is cracking under Ross Atkins's feet, I think a little bit. Um, you know, he's just not somebody that I, I look at. I know Mark Shapiro is really the guy that leads this organization, but you know, that begs the question: why was he not the one um that was really the the public front-facing personality of this whole issue? Like, why was it Atkins? At least Shapiro. Um, you know, is a little bit more competent. I would say in situations like this, like uh, sort of the same way. There's a lot of corporate speak and and you know run around and that sort of thing. And you know, he's just I think a little bit better of an operator than Atkins. Um, But like Ross Atkins's job security has, you know, certainly decreased. James Click is here. He won a World Series with the Astros last year. He's a very competent executive. And Ross Atkins, I would say, um, has made some good moves, has made a lot of good moves, has made some bad moves. And the team right now is, you know, in the thick of a wild card race way back in the division. Uh, The roster, you know, is not um, amazing in terms of a depth perspective. It's bad, I would say. And like you have Atkins saying that it was a baseball decision and they were bringing up Mitch White, um, you know, because he makes their team better and. Like, come on, I I understand that there was probably some more than meets the eye. Like if you outright said, yeah, we're cutting Anthony Bass because of what he said. Do you leave yourself open to like a grievance from uh, the Major League Baseball Players Association? Perhaps. Um, But trying to argue that Mitch White um, over anyone makes your team better with the way that he's been performing this year. He had an ERA over 10 at AAA and he stunk in his first outing. Uh, against the Blue Jays he doesn't make your team better uh, than anybody so uh, you really just uh, I would say a disastrous off the field week um, for the Blue Jays and I I, maybe this story disappears and we don't hear much about it anymore it's certainly possible with Bass no longer here but I expect honestly I'd be surprised if a team didn't take a flyer on Anthony Bass like whether the Blue Jays trade him um, or he's claimed off waivers whatever uh, I would be surprised if another team, doesn't look at what he did over the last couple of years before this year in terms of an on-field uh, presence and took a shot on him and whatever, like if he ends up going on to, to some success somewhere else, I don't care. Like, I, I just, I don't care. Like, I think the blue Jays bullpen is fine enough without him. Uh, like there's enough guys that, um, when all, Um, systems are going everyone's healthy and ready there's a bunch of other guys that I would use ahead of Anthony Bass so if he has success somewhere else so be it Uh, I think you're just better off not having um, that presence uh, around anymore but yeah not a good week not a good week for Ross Atkins and um, like this is obviously a big season for him and uh, if things don't go according to script for the Blue Jays uh, I think he should be at risk, if not, uh, altogether losing his job because uh, things have, have definitely taken a bit of a turn. Like he did a good job getting the franchise to a certain point, but you know, zero playoff wins. Um, like they it's put up or shut up time. And, um, like he's got a, figure out a way to be at the helm of a team that has some success or he's gonna pay the price and uh you know whoever's in here next because there's going to be someone ideally it's somebody who's better suited um for circumstances like we saw this week where you have to you know represent the organization and you can do it without looking like a boob which is honestly how I felt uh he looked really not a good. Uh, seeing for him, so yeah, that that's the Anthony Bass situation. Obviously, if anything ends up developing, we'll we'll get into it. But uh, there you go, Anthony Bass, no longer a member uh, of the Blue Jays. Uh, the big, I guess, on field, but yeah, it's on on field uh, development. Alec Manoa option to the Florida Complex League, and long time coming. Probably should have happened uh, a while ago, but you know, you you get one out uh, against the Astros, you give up seven hits, six runs, again, zero command whatsoever. Like, it's just clear that he was nowhere near being capable of getting outs at the major league level. He just, he needed to not start games anymore. And the unfortunate thing is the Blue Jays are kind of in a bad position without him because like, yeah, on Saturday against the Twins, Trevor Richards and Bowden Francis did a good job. But that's like you're taking Richards out of the bullpen. So you're taking what has emerged as a pretty quality option out of the bullpen to start games or be an opener or whatever it is. So is he less available out of the bullpen if you need him to throw three or four innings? I would think so. Like, can he pitch one other day a week? Maybe, maybe not. Like it just there's a trickle down effect um, of Manoa not being there, and then again of your organizational depth being non-existent. Like Bowden Francis, I think has a has an intriguing arm. Like that curveball is legit; it's a hammer. There's good sharp movement on it. Um, you know, I thought he had good moments against the Twins. Obviously, as that outing went on, they started, I think, to make some adjustments and start to square him up uh, a little bit more. But that's not an ideal situation. That your sixth starter, so to speak, is. Trevor Richards and, and, you know, three innings of Bowden Francis, and you're just trying to piece it together. Like ideally you'd like somebody at AAA, like the DFA Zach Thompson, that trade stunk. He clearly um, is no good. And you just, you don't, Hutch opted out and was with the Phillies now. Um, Casey Lawrence is what he is. Like, I, I, I guess you could trot him out there, but odds aren't great. um, That he's going to give you much of a chance to win. Like the Blue Jays are going to need to, need to address that because, like maybe I'm in the minority and maybe I'll be wrong. I hope I am wrong. I, I've doubted Alec Manoa before and been wrong, and I would love to be wrong again. But I don't. I would be surprised, more surprised than not, if he pitches again in the majors this year. Like we're not talking about if they thought he was close, they would have sent him to Triple A. They basically are like, no. If you go to Triple A, you're going to get your your butt kick like you're gonna get your face smashed in if you face triple a hitters like you're just not capable right now of getting professional hitters out so he's going to florida to basically like i don't know is he like is there any situation of him needing to get in better shape you could make that argument um reworking his mechanics i think for sure Uh, a lot of arm side misses Uh, His lower half in terms of just his landing spot was inconsistent at best. He was always kind of kicking at the mound. We're talking about a complete and total reset mentally, physically, mechanically. That's what we're talking about. Like I don't even know when Alec Manoa might be ready to start like a Florida league game could be a month from now. We're not talking about a short-term project here. Uh, So, you know, you could operate this way and just, piecemeal patchwork it together for you know two months and and hope that you can you can get by but considering the state of affairs in the american league as a whole obviously the division but in the wild card the blue jays aren't in a position where they can afford that and what happens if somebody gets hurt you're fucked if somebody gets hurt you were fucked anyways because look at what your number six starter was. But if anybody gets hurt and knock on wood, that doesn't happen. Like, honestly, the Blue Jays pitching wise have been really healthy. All those guys have taken their turn through the rotation. Like nobody's uh, had to really miss any time with injury. Um, what would you do? So like, can you even wait to the deadline to make a deal? A deal has to be made. Like You can't think uh, along the lines of... Uh, Alec Manoa is going to be back and he's going to be back to his usual form and he's going to be our trade deadline acquisition. No, that's just not how I think it's going to work. So, you know, then the other thing is the blue Jays don't have a lot in terms of assets to trade. Like they're not trading Ricky Tiedemann or Brandon Barriera for a rental starting pitcher. Like if you want to say, go out and sign Chris Archer and you know see if he can get up to his speed. Sure. Give that a shot. Dylan Bundy. Like there are some guys out there, I don't think they'd be great or even good, um, but they're probably better than taking Trevor Richards out of your relief mix and hoping that Bowden Francis um, can give you four, four and two thirds, something like that um, every fifth day. And they sent Francis down because they needed uh, a fresher arm. And, you know, we'll see, they don't need a fifth starter uh, much over the next little while they can shuffle it around and Gosman can start, Um, on regular rest on Friday against Texas as opposed to, uh, you know, when he'd usually start. So I, I don't know, you know, where they go with this Alec Manoa situation. It's really unfortunate, you know, you feel for him because he just became helpless out there. Like he just had nothing. And, you know, there's, whether you're a starting pitcher or whatever you are doing in life, if you feel as though you have no level of confidence in your ability to do uh, what you feel you're normally really good at that's a helpless feeling and he's going to have to figure out how to get that back. Like, I, I think there's a lot, like I said, there's stuff going on between the ears. And then there's obviously, you know, some, some physical mechanical things uh, that need to be worked out, but you know, the blue Jays are, are anytime that turn in the rotation comes up, you know, they're, they're going to be in tough and it's going to be a challenge to be competitive with, uh, with that configuration like maybe Richards continue he did start four or five years ago he was a decent enough starting pitcher about league average I don't think you're building him up to a starter's workload like even if you get him up to four innings I think you would probably take that but I still think that his best home is in the bullpen with that level of swing and miss Uh it's just such a weapon we saw it he struck seven seven guys out he had got nine outs. seven of them were strikeouts like I, I just think that that is best served uh, in the bullpen. So it's on the blue Jays and, you know, the, the maligned Ross Atkins, uh, after I, you know, criticized him to figure out a way to bolster things, because, uh, I just don't think that that's a sustainable model, um, for the long-term medium term, what have you, I, I, I just don't love, uh, the way that that looks. And, you know, like the Jays did, uh, they did salvage the homestand with a stirring comeback win. I think they were down 6-1 on Sunday, and then they end up rallying, you know, Cam Biggio hits a three-run homer in the eighth inning off Emilio Pagan, who I don't know why the Twins continue to trust him. He's been terrible for a couple of years in terms of costing um his team games. But, you know, Biggio put a good swing on a ball. Kudos to the Jays for not bunting in that situation, you know. As always, don't bunt, allow your guy to, you know, Kevin like Biggio is capable of hitting a home run and he worked a count, it was 2-0 and oh, and he put a good swing on a ball and hit it a long way. I think it's almost 425 feet. That's what happens when you let a hitter who is capable, um, on occasion at least, of making a good swing on a ball. I'd rather take my chances with that uh, than giving up and out. So, you know, good for them. They ended up finishing above 500 on the home stand. would have been a real bitter pill to swallow, uh, to have that series against Minnesota, you know, slip away from you. The first two games were very winnable and you know, like the blue Jays right now. They're not scoring. They scored seven on Sunday, which was good. Um, you know, Caitlin and I talked about this last week in terms of where they are in average and, and, and whatnot and hits they're right near the top of the league, but, I think coming into Sunday, they were like 23rd in the league with uh, runners in scoring position, batting average, and 13th in runs scored. They just don't capitalize enough. And, you know, it's not a coincidence that Chapman hits a two-run homer, Biggio hits a three-run homer. Small ball and all this bullshit is great, you know, In in – theory and i i don't mind it like as a as a piece of your offense but like they went three straight games without a home run they need to hit home runs you need to have that big swing component of your offense when you have you know ducks on the pond you have to figure out a way um you know to come up with the occasional big swing and instead of just you know going base to base station to station and trying to score runs that way it works sometimes but like the Jays have had a lot of close games. Like Eric Swanson had pitched five times in seven days. Like Romano's pitched a ton. Garcia had pitched back-to-back days. Like Nate Pearson threw four innings, like two separate two-inning outings. And, you know, somebody was giving me shit, like saying, well, where was Nate Pearson on Saturday instead of Simber? Like Nate Pearson has a long injury history. You really want him to pitch every day after throwing two innings. That's how he's going to get hurt again. Like, that's just just not how teams operate with with arms like that. You know, maybe they should have left Francis in longer on Saturday. They probably should have. Adam Simber should not be pitching in a 3-1 game in the eighth. But to me, it all really stems from... You know, the, the offense leaving runners on base and not having that big blow that pushes a game to a point where, you know, you can use Adam Simber when you're up by five runs in the eighth inning and not feel as though, you know, if you get into a bit of a jam that it's going to end up costing you the game, as we saw um, on Saturday. Like, you're, you're needing your best relievers consistently because of the state of affairs in terms of the games you're playing. And the bullpen has been really good, shockingly good, way better than I thought it was going to be. Like, I thought it could be about league average. It's been better than that. It's been really good. I I don't know how else to put it. Like, they throw harder. They're um, a a decent strikeout team. They're third in terms of reliever strikeouts per nine. They are third uh, as of Sunday, 10.4 uh ERA's decent like it's been a solid bullpen by by and large like it's been a top 10 to 12 bullpen exactly what you would hope for but you know you can only count on them getting the job done so many times like eventually there's going to be cracks you're going to blink a little bit if you're just playing one two three run games every day and it seems like for the most part, that's just what the Blue Jays have been doing. And, you know, the bullpen's done a really good job. The pitching has carried this team. They're winning, honestly, a lot of times in spite of the offense. And you like you look at their record, I guess they're 37 and 30 um, with better offensive production, just in terms of runners in scoring position, more home runs. Yeah, how many games better would they be? Probably five like if they were the offense that everyone expected with this level of pitching um they'd be better than 37 and 30 like you could argue they'd be right there with baltimore and more within the range um of tampa they just haven't had the level of offensive um firepower that i think a lot of us myself included expected and you know we're almost 70 games into the season maybe it happens but um, it hasn't up until this point. And you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I think is is really the the guy that wears a lot of this. Like he's got nine home runs on the season, still doesn't have a homer at home as we're into the middle of June by the time he's back at Roger Center. Uh is on pace for like twenty one or twenty two homers. It's just not good enough. And like he reached base a bunch of times on Sunday, had a couple of hits. You know, there was a ground ball in a situation that should have been a double play. And then, you know, Carlos Correa nosedived the throw. You just you need more from him. And it looked like uh, in that Mets series, he had a good series He had a home run. He hit some balls hard. You thought maybe that was a sign that he was close and he did hit some balls hard uh, on the homestand. But the result, I don't I don't really care about that so much. Like, yeah, you can talk about process, process, process. And I have said before, it's really important uh, to have a good process because without one, you're probably not going to have results, but eventually the results have to be there. I don't care if you know, like you have a nine pitch at bat consistently and then you end up grounding out. Like you're a a slugger. You need to hit more home runs. Simple as that. I know hitting home runs is hard, but that's what you were put on this earth to do. Um, and that's why, you know, he was as hyped as he was. And there's all this talk about, you know, like how much is he going to get in a contract extension? He's got to hit more home runs. If he wants to get paid uh, what he feels he is worth, you know, hitting 21 home runs and you play 160 some odd games or, you know, close to the, the full 162, that's not going to get it done as a, as a first baseman. It's not going to, you know, boost your numbers and it's not going to help your arbitration case and, and all of this stuff. Like he's just plain and simple. Has to be better. And like Matt Chapman has to be better. Hit a big home run on Sunday. Numbers since the start of May have been beyond bad. And you need more power production. Like I don't need Matt Chapman to hit for a high average. I need more thump. I need more of what I saw on Sunday. I need more two home run, two run home runs. I just I I I need like Brandon Belt finally hit a home run at home. I have no qualms with the way Brandon Belt has been performing, and hopefully he's back um, in the not too distant future from that hamstring injury. I want more power though like he's got four home runs on the year yeah I'm not gonna you know really look at his whole offensive profile and be upset with it but I would like a little bit more power I'll sacrifice a bit elsewhere if there's pop um, in this lineup and right now you look up and down who do who would you identify as a home run hitter like Dalton Varsho can run into one from time to time but a lot of the times it's a mistake right if it's a well-executed fastball there's not a high degree of confidence that he's going to do a ton of damage with it, but you know, like he has home runs, Bo Bichette's not a power hitter. He's a good enough hitter that he's leading the team in home runs. And um, he's a candidate to lead the team in home runs. But I don't think that's like an ideal outcome is that Bo Bichette leads the team in home runs. Like is anyone hitting 30 home runs on this blue Jays team this year? Maybe, but right now I think, You know, it's nip and tuck in terms of guys who are projected to hit 30 home runs, maybe one. That's not great. That's not enough. Like you want more than that. And right now there's just not a lot of um, guys who strike fear in the heart. I would think of of opposing pitching staffs, And that's a bit of a problem. And I'm not saying that they can't figure it out because there is enough talent here and track record uh, for a lot of these guys that they easily could. But so far, um, they haven't, and they're not going to get to where uh, they need to go and want to go um, if they don't find a way to start, you know, having some games, some crooked numbers some big innings that puts games out of reach. And then you don't have this domino effect of, you know, pitching Eric Swanson three times in four nights or four times in six nights or five times in seven nights. Uh, Because over the course of a long season, that really gasses you out. And, you know, if you want to make the playoffs and ideally go on a run, you know, if your bullpen guys are uh, like Eric Swanson's appeared in, I don't know, 80 games or 75 games or something like, how much is he going to have necessarily left in the tank um, to get you where you want to go in the biggest spots of the season, if you're fortunate enough to get there. So the offense um, good on Sunday, need more of that. Um, moving forward another positive uh, this past weekend I guess or I guess it was Thursday uh, Jose Brios great again and um, like Caitlin and I last week talked about like, he's very much back I, I I just don't see yeah he'd only had two two strikeouts in six innings but He did a good job, again, limiting hard contact. Um, He has basically scrapped his fastball. I think I saw he threw 89 pitches against the Astros, and he threw eight fastballs. Like, he's basically now a slurve, sinker, change-up guy, which I I think is what he needs to be. Um, And he can throw any of those pitches in any respective count against any hitter, regardless if it's lefty or righty. Like, he's getting that sinker, you know, really deep in on left-handed hitters. Like he's not having it leak over the middle part of the plate where it can get crushed and where it was routinely getting crushed last year um, in a little bit to start this season. So how huge has he been uh, with Alec Manoa's downfall? Uh, Where would they be without um, Jose Brios? And obviously Chris Bassett. And, you know, Gosman, good for the Blue Jays to pick him up because how many times um, has he been on the short end of the stick where he's pitched a gem and didn't get a win needed, you know, like a late charge for the blue Jays to win or hat was a tough luck loser. The twins just seem to have his number. You know, I didn't think his stuff was bad. They just were spitting on splitters and uh, putting a lot of good swings, not chasing. And when he doesn't get that level of chase, uh, he has a lot harder time uh, being his usual dominant self. So, you know, you just wash your hands of that, and uh, expect him to have a good start his next time out uh, against Texas. But Barrios is in that category also, you know, with Bassett, where you feel pretty confident um, about what they're able to do. You know, Kikuchi has had back-to-back good outings. He's now more of a five-and-dive guy. I might, you know, like it kind of goes hand-in-hand. I I understand, you know, if the game's close, do you really want to push him and risk losing it? But at the same time, you know, you're throwing your bullpen, needing them to cover four innings when he's starting, you know, it's a, it's a tough one, a a tough situation, but like, depending on the circumstance, I I really would be fine um, to at least let him start the sixth inning of some of these outings uh, and see what he might be able uh, to give you. Okay. So um, we got a bunch of tweets here, which uh, obviously uh, I'd like to get to just in terms of, you know, how you're feeling right now about the state of affairs, I guess, on and off the field. Uh, with the Blue Jays and uh, Daniel says, uh, how long do you think the Jays can effectively go without a fifth starter? I know that trades don't usually happen this early in the season, but they can't just punt on every fifth game. We talked about it for sure. I I, I just, it's tough because, you know, teams know that the Blue Jays will probably look to address their starting rotation and are going to ask for a lot. And that's difficult, you know, but at the same time, like this is not a year where you can be bashful like you need to be as all in as you possibly can be like if there's a deal out there that makes you better in an area of weakness you got to go for it because um i like i don't subscribe to this notion that you punt on this season and you know people are saying they should look to sell like you're a half game game out of the wild card you're not doing that like this was a season that you prioritize winning like you have these renovations you're spending all this money in payroll no no no. like your things would really have to go haywire for you to consider selling so like i don't think they can go effectively that long without a de facto legitimate fifth starter but like i this just doesn't strike me um as the type of team front office that uh, is going to make a move you know, from a position of weakness and end up paying more. Maybe they should, but I I don't think that they will. Uh, Simon says, it would be great to talk about the schedule. The coming week is important to build momentum, but importantly, the run into the all-star game is really soft. Could easily win 12 to 13 games out of last 15 into the break. Thoughts? Yeah, the Jays have basically played 500 or better teams for like the last month. There's been no, you know, Kansas cities or Oakland's or, um, you know, doormats that, like you look at the Orioles just uh, took care of business against the Royals at home, like smash them. And, you know, maybe the, I I, I understand it. That's like the easy thing to say is, Oh, well you give, give the Jays the Royals, give the Jays the A's and and they get fat and happy and, and start racking up wins. And perhaps that's true, but like I don't really look at the body of work and really look closely at the team and the way that it's played so far this year and say, I would say definitively that they'd be like racking up a 700 winning percentage if they were playing, you know, below 500 teams, maybe they will. But, you know, like they, I still think have to play better even against teams like that. Like the Brewers who are obviously worse than the Jays, they just got swept at home by the A's like the A's have won five in a row. The A's took a series from the Braves. If you don't play good baseball, these are still, you know, mostly major league teams that are capable of beating you. So can they go 13 and two over a 15 game stretch, you know, leading up to the all-star break? I guess it's possible. I wouldn't bank on it. Like, you know, you look at the stretch, they've got three against the Marlins in Miami. Marlins are good. Uh, They pitch well, scrappy, um, find ways to capitalize on mistakes, pretty good bullpen, not an easy series. A's for three giants for three, Red Sox for three, uh, White Sox for three, Tigers for three, and then you're uh taking on the D backs uh, out of the all-star break. Like there are a bunch of bad teams in there. Detroit, the White Sox, I don't think are good. Like the Giants are very much capable of uh beating you. Like they have a talented uh team. Like we saw them on Sunday smash the Cubs. There's good hitters. Um like that's not a team that I would just pencil in, oh yeah, you could sleepwalk your way and get two wins in in three games. Like, I I just think that bottom line, regardless of who the Jays are playing, they just have to be more consistent. um, If they want to have the level of results uh, that, that are expected. So maybe that happens, but um, you know, I, I think it's just, it's too simplistic to just be like, yeah, they could easily win 12 out of 13 games. They could easily go seven and eight, I, I think at the same time. So, just got to be better uh a- as a whole um we got a from dale is this a prove it year for the jays or for atkins to keep his job yes absolutely um i would say i think they need to make like i don't think winning the wild card series and then losing in the division round i i wouldn't call that a successful year uh considering the expectations and the pressure i think you at least need to make it to the league championship series to keep your job um realistically and If they don't, I think he's uh, he's in trouble, big time. Um, Jean Pierre, what's your opinion on Schneider's uh, management of starting pitchers so far this season? Yeah, there's been a lot of like you know high 80s, low 90s, taking pitchers out. I I don't think that it's just the Blue Jays who are guilty of this. Like a lot of teams you know, manage a certain way and handle their pitchers a certain way where they play the percentages. And a lot of pitchers struggle third time through the order and certainly fourth time through the order, like with how much film and the iPads are available, like hitters are good enough that they make um, adjustments in game. And if you see them enough times, like if the hitter sees a pitcher enough times, um, they can start to do damage. So I, I think that that's obviously a factor, but maybe there needs to be a little bit less of an emphasis on that. Just, you know, more of an open dialogue between manager, pitching coach, pitcher, you know, trust if your pitcher feels as though um, they have more left in the tank, you know, at least give them a chance to start an inning um, and have, maybe have somebody up. And if, you know, a guy or two reaches, okay, then, then you obviously pull the trigger. I don't think it's something that you can necessarily just be like, you have to do it this way or you have to do it that way. I think there has to be like maybe a little bit of a melding of the two, but yeah, certainly there have been times um, where you would like to see starting pitchers or pitchers uh, pushed a little bit more. Uh, John says, if Mino and Ryu return to form, who goes to the bullpen? Kikuchi is a left-handed pitcher. He is more valued. Is he more valued in the pen or rotation? Yeah. Like, Maybe that happens. I talked about Manoa. I, I'm not counting on it. And maybe Ryu comes back. Maybe he's your trade deadline acquisition of sorts. But that's an awful lot to put on somebody coming back from a really serious injury. And, you know, you, you're expecting him in that situation to just come in and be effective right away. You know, is, is there some adjustment or there's some issues um, in, in that respect? Like, I, I don't think you're talking about moving anyone to the bullpen. Like, I don't think the Jays are going to be. In a position where they have that luxury of, you know, they they have enough quality options where it's like, yeah, we can move Kikuchi to the bullpen. Nah, like I think they're going to be scratching and clawing um, through the rotation, even if everyone stays healthy um, for that fifth starter, unless they make a deal. So um, maybe maybe one or both of Ryu Ryu or Manoa come back and um, you know deliver some level of. Production, but like that's a big if. And I, I don't think you can plan on that happening. I think you have to be proactive um, and diligent going out to try um, and build up as much as you can in the rotation. So you're not, you know, really counting on those guys who are far from sure things uh, to deliver much of anything uh, the rest of the season. As always, appreciate all the uh, tweets. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm going to take next week off. Got a little vacation. Gonna unplug. Um, and we'll get back after it uh, in a couple weeks. As always, like, rate, review, subscribe at DFA underscore Pod is where you can find the podcast. At G Goldberg Twelve is where you can find me. Appreciate all of you. As always, I'm Josh Goldberg, and this has been designated for a